Welcome to the Maggie Williams Podcast, where we discuss hunting, travel, and outdoor adventures. Proudly sponsored by Rolling Thunder Game Calls, the sound of a new generation. Sponsored by Tacovas, handmade men's and women's cowboy boots and fine western wear. Don't go gently. And only one brand fuels the most sporting dog champions, which is why Kate's hunting season is fueled by Purina Pro Plan. What's going on, y'all? And welcome to another episode of the Maggie Williams Podcast. I'm very excited for this episode because we are live from duck camp right now. I have a very special guest. This is Mr. Jack Collett. How are you, Jack? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. And I'm also being co-hosted by my longtime close friend, Mr. Trip Hodges. What's up, everybody? He's actually a professional podcaster. I appreciate him taking the time to hop on here with us. Yeah, I have zero podcasting career, but uh, we're going to give it a whirl. Uh, yeah. And let me just give a little bit of background on Jack. So he's also a longtime Mossy Oak enthusiast like Tripp and I. And just actually, you can tell us a little about you, Jack. You know Jack better than anyone. <laughs> um, so I'm currently a freelance photographer, and I'm a student at Mississippi State. I'm about to finish up my last semester. A lot of online classes so I can get in the duck woods and hunt and take pictures. Um, and then I interned at Mossy Oak my sophomore year. Thank, uh, thankful to Daniel Hayes and Bobby Cole and all the Mossy Oak staff for allowing me to be able to do that and run their social media for Gamekeepers, Biologic, Native Nurseries, the Kennels, and, um, what was the other one? Um, the fishing. So, you got to do that. And then, I mean, I'm a big turkey hunter, big tarpon fisherman, and I like to kill ducks. So I have a confession to make. I have followed your Instagram for quite some time just because I love your photography. And I like Tripp and I have always like kind of shared your pictures like stalkers. Just thought you were very talented. And you told me you're coming to hunt with us. And we I met you and you were young. Like you're a college kid like me. Mm-hmm. I thought you were a very established adult just because you were very talented. So Thank it's really <laughs> it's cool to see that people my age are killing it and being so successful it gives me hope for our generation because you we need it <laughs> <laughs> you're a great example i had no idea how old you were so that's really really cool but we've been at duck camp y'all for this is actually two weekends in a row we've had jack with us it's been me trip and jack and well does anyone want to open with how our duck season has gone so far yeah uh it's been pleasant <laughs> we've gotten our butts kicked it's it it's been eventful. It's been, I would say, for for us, for me personally, this has been the worst first split of Arkansas that, uh, yeah, I can think of. Uh, we have two boats just sitting out in front of the camp that have touched the water twice in nine days. My boat's not been put in has at not, all. Yeah. We've only used mine because it's a mud motor because you can't get around anywhere. Um, we've probably walked a combined... <laughs> 
1,000 miles. Let me just yeah. let me interrupt for a second and let you guys know that Trip hyped up to me and Jack that he refuses to walk anywhere. And me, Jack, and Trip have walked a combined like five miles to Stuxie's. Well, you know, I, I think I spend, it's been more than five miles. <laughs> yeah, you know, I spend money on a boat. You know, I'm trying to boat in. Ducks, ducks actually, they like water. When they come to Arkansas, they enjoy being where water is. So, you know, boat, water kind of goes hand in hand. But here we are. Um, taking a, you know, adventure walks every morning because going to the wrong pens. That's what it's been. Yeah, we've we've set up, we've gotten to places that you know wasn't ideal, wasn't where we were wanting to go. A little miscommunication. That's on me. That's on me. <laughs> but, I, I take responsibility for that. But it's you know, we're blessed to see another duck season. Um, you know, it, it's nice that we actually, we did get to go duck hunt. You know, we can't go duck hunt tomorrow and, you know, February 1st, we can't go duck hunt. So any day out there is better than a day in July for me. Um, but it's been tough. Except when people get shot. We saw someone get shot yesterday. Sure. The three of us did. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem right now with the lack of water is, and lack of ducks where the ducks are at, you know, is obviously in the little spots of water. And what that does is that congregates everybody who has the big dreams and aspirations of coming across the bridge, taking a picture of the Arkansas <laughs> sign, and going out to shoot their limit of mallard ducks. You know, all those guys, uh, new, old, just, you know, whatever it is, they're all having to be put in the same place. And what that does is it takes guys who or maybe more established and know what's going on. They're surrounded with guys who aren't as established. They're just trying to figure it out. And, you know, hats off to them for coming over here and trying to figure it out because it's hard. You know, duck hunting in Arkansas on public land, that's the mech- That's where you find out who the duck hunters are. You know, if you're killing them on public in Arkansas, you, odds are you're a pretty dang good hunter. Um, and so you can't get mad at folks for trying, you know, but – Sometimes that messes up folks who are doing the right things, and 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 that that gets frustrating sometimes. And, and being established is not is not equivalent to doing the right things either. Open morning, we had someone walk in our hole. We had probably ten someone's walk in our hole. With the three of us did, and it was like, hey, we've been hunting this hole for twenty years. We're going to do it again. Sure. I mean, twenty years of Arkansas yeah. public history—that's a lot. Yeah, and what you find there is you got folks who hunted in Arkansas when there used to be, quote-unquote, this is my hole. And so you didn't own the hole, but, you know, this would be this certain family's home. This would be this town's home. You know, this, That's where they hunted all year long. They left their decoys there. Well, now, unfortunately for them, that's not how it works anymore, you know. Um, and so you can't tell somebody they can't hunt there, but you hope that there's enough respect that says, okay, these guys, they raced the hole. They got here earlier than me, whatever it is. They're here before me. I'm going to go somewhere else. But there's kind of a lack of respect there right now where we got these guys who are just saying, well, you can't kick me out of here, or guys saying, I've been here all my life. Um, so then you end up hunting with folks you don't know, and the next thing you know, there's 30 people in a duck hole, and you don't know these people, you know, and they have they have firearms. I mean, <laughs> Extremely dangerous. So it's and, – and you got to be cautious, man, and – uh 
with that, I guess you can kind of talk about yesterday what happened with a lack of respect mm-hmm. for people who won the hole. Correct. Um, another group comes in, gets upset because they these boys have been killing ducks in this hole for the last couple of days. So I get it, you know, being up. They want to go hunt that hole because they've been in there killing ducks. But that's the game that you chose to play it. That's right. It's public land. Um, it's not your land. If it was your land, you'd go hunt it every day. But it's not, unfortunately. So they got beat to the hole. They get upset, and then uh, I'll let Maggie kind of explain what happens, what they decide to do. Instead of going to find somewhere else to hunt. Which is the right thing to do. Right. What did they... Uh, they wasted their time. <laughs> and everyone else's. Ours. And every group that was around. I mean, it, it essentially kind of wasted their future the way it unfolded, unfortunately. unfortunately their future, yeah. Their future with Arkansas duck hunting, at least. Um, essentially, the boy that won the hole was told by the group of boys that he beat in route to the hole. They said, well... If you hunt here, just so you know, we're going to ruin the hunt for you. We're going to stand on dry ground, squirrel hunt, make sure you don't kill a duck. And that's exactly what they did. Um, there was two boys from a few hours away in southern Arkansas. Um, and they uh, they did just that. Got their orange. Went home, got their orange. They were very committed to it. And every time we'd work ducks, they'd shoot. And the problem was, they were not just shooting, they were shooting in our direction. And it got so bad that... Trip. I'm sitting by Trip and Jack. I'm in between both the boys, and Trip was like, "Stand back right now," because our trees were getting peppered. My backpack got peppered, and I'm there. I'm kind of sweating. I mean, I literally text a local game warden from my county, and I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm scared. You know, I'm a few hours south, and I don't know what to do." But there's sh- shots being fired at us, and I mean, minutes later, one of the guys, the only guy I knew in the hole besides Trip and Jack. Um, got shot, got hit in the face, peppered and whelped up real big. And we all had to give statements. It was a, it was a bad deal. And it was sad because the kid that ended up shooting him was like 20 years old. You know, I mean, he's literally just a kid and it's just like, it's not worth hurting someone else. And let's be clear too, when we say this kid was squirrel hunting. So yes, he was quote unquote squirrel hunting and it's totally legal squirrel hunt. But what he, he was not... (laughs) He fired 20 to 25 shells, and when we asked him, hey, how many squirrels did you kill? He says, oh, I didn't kill any. They were too far. So what this kid was actually doing was he was standing on the bank, and every time we'd start finishing ducks, start feed calling, he would just fire his weapon one time into the air to at us, whatever it was, and it would flare the ducks so the ducks wouldn't finish. We wouldn't get to shoot them because he didn't want us killing ducks. Um, and... Um, I get being upset, man. Um, you just got to be safe. And that, I, we actually talked to the kid after the hunt, you know. and He admitted it in front of yeah, the game warden. What he was doing. He, yeah. he said, you know, I was just being spiteful and trying to ruin their hunt. Um, and, and I was trying to be nice to him because and trying to give him some advice because, man, here's the thing. And this goes to everybody hunting public land. You've got to be careful. You've got to give respect because you have no clue who is in those woods and again this goes back to we have firearms the i mean the this is something you have to be safe with because this is something that can be lethal you know i mean this this is a weapon um so when the kid's standing on over there quote unquote squirrel hunting he has no clue who's in the hole with us we could have had a, a lunatic psycho who went over there got so upset with him and you know tried to rough him up or you know worse shoot him and that's happened before i mean this this has happened recently two years ago um on uh real foot lake you know two boys just go duck hunting and unfortunately you know 
lose their lives, you know, and that affects their family. Not only does it affect the boy's family, but the the gentleman who committed those acts that commit, that hurts his family. So, guys, we just got to be safe and respectful. That that respect goes a long ways. If you get beat the whole, you know, ask if they have room for you. If they don't, keep keep going. You know, there's Go plenty other place. There's, there's plenty, plenty of land and home. plenty of ducks. Yeah. So. So kudos to Jack. After the first weekend, we really thought it couldn't get any worse, and it did. And he's still here. So thank you for. It's really been it a out. great experience. I mean, it's been it's been fun meeting new people. You know, getting in the woods and just, I mean, getting back to Arkansas and hunting ducks. I mean, it's not about killing them. It's about hanging out with everybody and having the opportunity to hunt ducks. You know, we're very blessed with that opportunity. Absolutely. It can only get better. Yep. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Literally, you can only go up from here. Um, It's been rough, but there's been some some high moments. There's been a lot of low moments, Um, but, you know, the first nine days is over, Um, and I think a lot of folks are sitting in the same shoes us may have had one or two or three good shoots in the first nine days but most of them were pretty tough you want to give up man just just stay after it and uh be safe and you know december the second will be here before we know it and uh it'll be a lot colder and hopefully some more water so we don't have yeah. to uh all hold hands in the duck hole anymore yeah that's right we'll have some youth we'll have some youth this weekend yeah that's right so saturday we're going to take some youth which will be really really fun and it's always fun introducing somebody to the sport or letting them see you know ducks falling trees for the first time you know they light up and that reminds me of you know i do need to be grateful because we get to do this you know not everybody gets to do this uh nobody not everybody gets to experience this so it always feels good seeing somebody else really enjoy it um, that's what it's all about that's right passing on the traditions i give props to trip because uh, he told me he's like hey i want to take some kids on the youth hunt you know let me know if you know any and i was like absolutely he did not know that i was going to find like three little local girls so he's <laughs> he's taking the girls on the youth That'll hunt be eventful. you know it'll be so fun and it's we've got some good girls from my hometown i'm very excited for they're like 13 and 14 they're a really fun age and one of the girls actually shot her first deer out of a deer stand that on a property I used to live on. Whenever I was like her age, I took a chainsaw and made a little shooting hole um, for a bow. And I, I'm pretty sure she was bow hunting. I mean, she's a cool little girl. So it's, it's going to be very full circle and exciting to take her duck hunting. It'll be great. Jack has a really, really cool story. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, me and Jack are, are, are good buddies. We talk a lot. Um, we grew up in different places. Um, but anybody that asked me about Jack Collard, I'm like, oh, he's the man. You've got to get to know Jack. Because um, Jack's family has a really, really cool story. But also, Jack himself has paved his own way. He's done some stuff that a lot of people don't get to do. He's very, very adventurous. He's great with a camera. He's fun to talk to. Um, Jack's just one of those guys that... When you're around him, you just find a reason to be happy. Um, so let's dive into that. And I guess we can – I really want you to tell the story, you know, of your granddad and kind of your relationship with Mossy Oak, um, what that looks like as, in your childhood and, and growing up. And then now, you know, you, you do work for Mossy Oak now, um, which is kind of a full circle thing for you. Um, so how's that been? What's it – well, I guess it, let's introduce who your grandfather is and what – that kind of means in the Mossy Oak story. Okay. So my grandfather is John Collett, and he started an outdoor retail store called Collett's Outdoorsman in 1985, which is before Mossy Oak began in 1986. And then I think my grandfather and Toxie met in 87, I believe. 
and this is still in the early stages of Mossy Oak. Now, sure, it started in 86, but, I mean, it didn't really get going until the 90s. Try, I don't know 100% how they ended up meeting. I think it was through a friend, but my grandfather was able to get exclusive rights to sell Mossy Oak camo and was one of the first, if not the first, to ever sell Mossy Oak. And um, just hearing the stories of all of them and them coming to hunt on our farm and that we've had in our family for years and just hearing those stories and all the traditions passed on, it's just really special to me. Um, and then like now with all the companion, the companion stuff coming back and like everyone into all the vintage camo and just going in my grandfather's closet and finding some of the OG stuff, the one-on-ones. Yeah. And it's just, it's really special to me. Um, and then like, so, uh, father and son I mean Daniel and my dad are good friends Daniel and me have become really good friends over the years um, and just our families growing together and uh, carrying on the tradition um, and the passion for the outdoors yeah what one cool thing about Jack that I love so um, obviously we're all firm believers that everything is better in bottomland and it will always Amen. be better in bottomland actual um, but something that's been really cool over the last really year to two years um obviously the companions launched happened in february of this year 2023 which was awesome um really really cool stuff if you don't have some companion stuff you got to get it it's oh, yeah. it's 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 really really comfortable cool stuff but over the last two years i've seen that everybody's getting into the vintage camo it's um, blowing up yeah everybody wants you know the old masio hats and, and like it's always cool when you can find a cool hat and you get it that nobody else has. Right. Um, and for for the entire time that this has kind of been blown up, Jack has the coolest stuff because they have all the old stuff. So, right. like, Jack has the coolest outfits yeah. of all time. Like, right now, he's wearing one of the, I mean, really, really hard to find old school Mossy Oak hats. And it has the tree, it has the old Mossy Oak logo stitched into it in a tree stand hat. And he also has a, t a tree stand t-shirt on, um, which... It's crazy that that stuff even exists and it held up, you know, and, and made it through all these years. I mean, that's, you know, I know 1986 is when it started, but the, that stuff probably didn't really get started really, really produced until, you know, right at 90s. Yeah, it was the 90s. Um, so it, that's always cool. Jack always has the coolest outfits. And I know Maggie, she's been starting, you know, to get her Mossy Oak collection going. Uh, she's got some cool hats and stuff. So. I've actually got a bandana I've added to yeah. the collection. So courtesy, one, of, one of two. <laughs> courtesy of Jack. So thank you for that. I've worn it every day since he gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Tell her about, so her bandana is really cool, but that's another cool thing about the Mossy Oak stuff that just keeps lasting. She, I don't know if she knows how that bandana was made or what it was made from. Yeah, so that came out of a shirt in College Outdoorsman. An old bottom wind t-shirt that actually they were never made. I, my dad, it was a long sleeve shirt, but my dad cut the sleeves off of it to wear a dove hunting. Nice. And then I, when I got bigger, I started wearing it. And last year I went uh, looking for a deer, my buddy Owen shot in West Point and ripped it with briars. And I was like, well, I got to find something to turn it into or figure out something. So I went and talked to Miss Robbie at the Mossy Oak office who does all the sewing and She's, I mean, she's one of the OGs. Like, she's been there forever um, and helps, like, sew some of the first stuff together along with uh, Toxie's mother. Um, 
And she's like, yeah, I can, make, I can make a bandana out of it. And she ended up making two. So You let me keep a piece of history? Jack, if I would have known that, there's no way I ever would have accepted it. But now I would never give it back. So. Yeah, well, don't. It's all yours. <laughs> well, thank you. That's so, awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Speaking, I mean, my favorite pair of pants are some pants that um, they're an old pair of bottom one pants that were sold in college outdoorsmen that they, my dad was kind of skinny. Yeah. And that he got them custom hemmed and all that stuff for them. And I'm still wearing those pants today. Yeah, that's that so, so sick. Cool. So like they don't have any logos in them. It's just bottom just, line. Just the camera. Yeah, just the bottom line. So most of my family is from Mississippi. Um, the ones that I'm closest to, the ones that, you know, I grew up turkey hunting with, duck hunting, taught me everything, made me fall in love with outdoors. Um, and so my uncle David, who's a you know, huge turkey hunter, huge mossy oak guy, um, he was able to get some of the first pieces when they first started coming to Jackson. Um, it's hanging up right there. You want me to grab it? Oh, that, oh, I did give you one of the bomber bomber jackets. I'll grab it. Um, I'll show Jack. Yeah, it's keep in, talking. It's in Greenleaf. So my Uncle David was getting stuff from the Jackson printing press, like yep. straight, from, straight from where it was getting made at, mm-hmm. um, which was super, super cool. Um, yeah, that jacket's so sick. That's his old company. Uh, yeah. Um, and you see the tag on that it. It doesn't have the Mossy Oak tag. It's uh-uh. got Jackson Yeah, this is fest. early, early, early. Isn't that cool? No, that's awesome. And so... And it's worn in good, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so because of that, he's got... At our deer camp, he's got a closet that's just got Thanks. all kinds of Mossy Oak stuff, you know? And so... You need to rate it. Yeah. I, I need to go get over there and, and, and take all of it, I guess. No, but it is, it's been cool, you know, kind of just how... Mossy Oak, it seems like everybody that's connected with Mossy Oak, it seems like we all get along and we all connect. And everybody has such a cool story, like how they got connected with Mossy Oak. And I think your story is just so cool. And um, I kind of want to know, because you grew up, you know, around it and know Daniel and Neil and Mr. Toxie, what, I'm sure you have a ton of stories, but what is one of your favorite hunting memories um, around, you know, either with your dad and some of the Mossy guys or, or, or just maybe you and Daniel or, so, or what's something that sticks out to you that, that you, you remember the most? Stories that I actually remember the most are not of me. It's sure hearing stories from some of the first like Mossy Oak films. We actually have a VHR tape or VHS tape that we're trying to get turned into digital that we found in my grandfather's closet from like it says Mossy Oak on it and 19, Nine, I think 90 or it's either 89 or 90 yeah we're trying to see what's on it we have no clue what's on <laughs> it because uh, I mean they don't have any films in the in the um, archives at the Mossy Oak office at that go before like 91 or 92 or 93 something like that yeah so those first days which is when uh, my grandfather Toxie Carsey Bob Dixon Cud Strickland Bill Sugg and all them hunted the most right. on our place. And you see Cuz holding this big old giant, giant VHS uh, camera recorder. Um, and we're like, well, where's the footage? We <laughs> yeah. wanna, you know, we want to see it. Um, and then probably one of my favorite stories is I was actually sitting in the um, mole hole, which is the gamekeeper's office yep. um, where Mossia Biologic is. And the front couch is in the front main part of the office. And Toxie walks up. And he was just asking about my grandfather, you know, like, they're so nice. It's, it's just a big family. Um, and he started telling the story of one of the first times he ever hunted at our place. 
and he's like, I mean, I didn't know your grandfather that well yet, but he took me to the corner of this field and wrote on a napkin where to go and which tree to sit on. Like the exact tree. <laughs> like, and he's like, it was these tall, beautiful oaks. But he, um, he said within 30 minutes that he cut a turkey. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. awesome. He's like, he, he was just like, just hearing him talk about our farm and it, because the farm, my, my farm means so much to me. Yeah. Um, for sure. And just all the memories, the people that we've had in camp out there over the years, and then hearing the stories of people my grandfather had in camp or my dad had in camp when he was younger. And on that note, we are going to transition to our commercial break. If cowboy boots are on the holiday wish list, give the gift of Tacovas. Their western boots for men and women are handcrafted from top-notch hides in a variety of timeless and fashion-forward styles. They'll have everyone on your wish list saying yee-haw. Or stop by your neighborhood Tacova store and shop the finest leather and western goods in the land. Start off gifting season on the right foot at tacovas.com slash maggie. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash M-A-G-G-I-E. Don't go gently, y'all. Um, and just hearing people relive their memories and just see the smile on their face and how happy they are. Yeah. It just means a lot to me that that because that place has brought so much happiness to me and to see it. Sure carry throughout 40 years and affects and other else. people yeah. too yeah that's it's awesome wild to see that's so cool mm-hmm. and and it's cool that you talk about cuz walk that, that they were shooting some of the films early films out mm-hmm. there and um for people who don't know who cuz strickland is he the man yeah <laughs> well when he got hired by mossy oak there there was not like an outdoor industry or outdoor space per se like yeah. there is now there's not instagram like so like People who built brands like Mossy Oak, they're just hiring people they're friends with, you know? Which and is so cool. And just, partners. Yeah, and just figuring it out. Like, so Cuz had never ran a camera, correct, before this. I think he might have made, a little dabbled bit for a little bit. Primos. With Will. But yeah. very, very, no, very limited. No. And I, I know this. <laughs> I know this. When the camera, at people, you've got to look up early pictures of Cuz Strickland when he was going around with Mr. Will um, video for Primo's back in the day. This this video camera is ginormous. I don't know how much it weighs. I mean, it's got to weigh at least hey. 80 pounds. Like, it's huge. They have one in the Mossy Oak. Uh, they still have it? Mm-hmm. In the um, museum-type area. That's so cool. And it, I mean, that thing's heavy. And so, like, <laughs> there's no microphone on it that just mm-hmm. tracks the sound. So he would have to set up this cable with a microphone on it and roll it out into the field and just set this microphone yep. out a couple, a couple, <laughs> no not hundred yards. Like, yeah, I mean, he'd go set it out there a couple feet in front of him and to, to capture the sound and stuff. Mm-hmm. But awesome. where he got this video camera at, he went to a local news station mm-hmm. and bought a video camera from them. <laughs> That's like, amazing. <laughs> it's wild. It, it's just crazy. And it's so much fun, you know, those watching those old Primo's films and some of the Mossy Oak classics and stuff because when that was coming out, you know, that was before we were alive. But yeah. that's what I grew up watching, you know, mm-hmm. like it means watching so much to us. Yeah, absolutely. Place. Like watching Mr. Will, you know, and, and Brad and everybody like that that was turkey hunting. That's where I learned to fall in love with turkey hunting. You know, they're hunting in Mississippi, like that's where I hunt. Um but it's just so cool the story and everybody that's connected to Mossy Oak and, and that helped build that brand that means so much to a real i mean it all three of us in here it means so much to everything um, to me yeah Absolutely. and so it's cool hearing just the 
little stories, you know, like Jack's grandfather's company that, you know, they didn't make Mossy Oak, but, you know, they believed in mm-hmm. Mr. Toxie and, and gave them a start, you know. Um, so that obviously helped them. And Mossy Oak is so cool because they didn't just look at y'all as a, a retail store. You know, y'all became was, family and friends. And we have been ever since. And, that, like, we are all so thankful for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone Mossy Oak comes in contact with, I mean, Daniel, Neil, Toxie, all them, I mean, they treat you like family yeah. and they show respect. And it it's awesome. It means a lot to me to see in the, to know that there's still genuine people like that in this world. Absolutely. They're so down to earth. They're such mm-hmm. great people. And there's such a special common ground between everyone that's connected to Mossy Oak. You know, we have a, a great love for the outdoors and people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, to carry what you're saying, it is cool because, like we were just talking about, when you're watching the old tapes and like you grew up seeing Daniel and Neil, you know, walking down just when they Oversized were little, on, yeah, on, on little in, co- in commercials, you know, um, or seeing Mr. Toxie on there, or, you know, Mr. Will and everybody at Primo's like for me and a lot of others, like those are superheroes, like They're legends. Yeah. That's my, like when people, you know, they think about these huge country singers or major league baseball players, like that's who they look up to. Like me, I'm like, Man, I I would love to meet, you know, Mr. Toxie Hayes one day, you know, and, and Daniel and Neil. And literally when I met them, I felt like I've known them my entire life. And because they just, they were so kind to me and they always have been. and Very personable. And it, they, Special family. Everybody has that story with the Hayes family and, and others that work at Mossy Oak too. Um, it's just, I can't brag on them enough and and jack i put you know you and your family in that too like ever ever since i've met jack he's always just been i the first time i met jack i just thought he was a longtime friend you know and um i told trip in the parking lot i said jack's gonna be our friend forever just watch (laughs) i literally told him that outside yeah so it's well you haven't run me off yet so (laughs) we we never will (laughs) i ain't going anywhere (laughs) he survived the last two weekends yeah but another cool it's been fun another cool thing about jack so we have a very special common ground the three of us jack is an avid turkey hunter yep Mm -hmm. and if you know me you know i love turkeys if you know trip you know trip loves turkeys so tell me about your history turkey hunting jack (laughs) It's, it's a long one um i mean i've been turkey hunting so I was hater nine, um, mainly going with my dad, and I still love going with my dad. You know, um, I killed my first turkey when I was ooh, twelve or thirteen, something like that. And I, I will never forget. I mean, I could. We um, ha- he was gobbling in a field, and then there's a um, little lane of like tree, little short pines. Um, and we like we heard him gobble. He got he responded immediately to my dad's mouth call, and so we cr- I mean we crawled a hundred and fifty yards through the this uh where they had just cut timber, and then made our way around um probably twenty five yards from that small little set of pines that is between that and this big greenfield, and then my I mean my dad called him in, and I mean he came through the pines and the sun was just hitting his backlit fan like perfect. And he ended up having four beards. Jeez. That's, <laughs> That's <insane>. cool. <laughs> yeah. No, so actually my first, so basically I killed him in order. 
So my first turkey had four beards. My second turkey had three beards. And my third turkey had two. Which, oh, I said, so my third and fourth turkey, I actually shot in one shot. I shot both of them at once. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> but I did. I was shooting at one, and it kind of hit both of them. <laughs> it was like 50 yards. Um, and one had two beards, and one had one. That's so cool. I worked my way down. That's um, cool. Yeah, no, I just, I love turkey hunting, and I love taking people turkey hunting, and I have not had the best, I bet, the past two years, I have only focused on getting some of my roommates in college, um, birds, because they have never killed one before, yeah. and we have had no Heck luck, yeah. oh. it's, it's, it's been rough, and Mississippi public land's tough. It's tough. It, I mean. And that's another thing I like about Jack, too, when we're talking about turkeys, and turkeys are very, very dear to my heart, um, Maggie. You know she's infatuated with them, but where we, where we turkey hunt, you know, where where we grew up, we get we're we're blessed now that we get to travel and turkey hunt, right? Mm -hmm. Which is awesome. Seen some really really cool places. Um, turkeys will take you to the most beautiful places in the world. Mm -hmm. I always say that. But my favorite place to chase them is is back home, and back home to me, you know, is, is the South Mississippi, Alabama, um, and I just think. That is where turkey hunting is at its purest. Um, I think I turkeys gobble harder there. I think they're harder to hunt there. Um, I think the the woods you go through there are prettier than any woods. You know, hardwood bottoms that come up into just pine tree rows. That just that's turkey hunting. You know, and and Jack grew up hunting basically the same stuff I hunt, and I just think it's so neat um, that we kind of connect like that because turkeys. Um, turkeys just bring out the best in people um, and getting to hear turkey stories from other folks like Jack who connect and kind of tell the same stories as me it just feels like home it feels it just feels good um, I think that's just so cool well there are also there are people that hunt turkeys and there are turkey hunters and turkey hunters are the mm -hmm. people who love the wild turkey that's sure. in my personal opinion and I can talk to Jack and I can talk to Tripp and know that they also understand and believe and the wild turkey and so it's it's really cool to be able to share that with people because it's unusual there's very few people in the world that care about something so much and i feel like turkey hunters they truly love it with all their heart so yeah no doubt uh, yeah i think that again turkey hunter turkey hunting turkeys bring out the very best in people um and obviously we should you know the motto is leave it better than we found it Amen. and um I think you find that a lot in guys who really get it, who really love it. And, you know, I would rather see a turkey population flourish than I would just ransack it and run them out. Um, and, and Jack, I know, is, a, is the same way. They, their farm and their family that he's talked about um, is very prestigious land. It's, it's really good stuff. And that didn't come just because they're out there, you know, shooting it up you know they're taking care of it um they've managed it for a long long time um and and it gives back to you you know um what you give it, it gives it's back right. um i just i just think it's special i think turkeys are special i think mossy oak is special and, and those go hand in hand mm -hmm. so when you're not chasing turkeys in the spring and you're not chasing mallard ducks and you're not in school um what are some other things this is this is something i Grew up in Florida, but I have zero experience in this. Maggie, I don't think y'all have many tarpon in Arkansas. <laughs> no. Haven't um, seen one yet. This is, so, I'm going to get Jack to talk about it, but 
I just want everybody to know tarpon fishing is extremely hard. Like it's like turkey hunting. It, like, it is like turkey hunting. You're not supposed to catch a tarpon. Mm. You're not. It's not like redfish where you're trying to catch ten, twenty. You know, um, you're going to catch that one a week. Yeah. I mean, and you're trying. Um, and maybe it might not be for two weeks. It might not be for three. Yeah. I mean, I, I am obsessed with yeah. tarpon fishing. I mean, when you hook up on that fish, just the the feel that you get from 150 pound 150 pound fish jumping its entire body three feet out of the water. Yeah, it's wild. And um, and the conservation for them. I mean, you shouldn't take them out of the water. You um, there's a lot of uh, just pressure on tarpon sure. and stuff because they were targeted so hard in Florida and uh, the Georgia coast, South Carolina coast. Um, and just treating those fish right. Yeah. Um, and not taking them out of the water, not killing them because I mean. Everyone was chasing that tarpon right here. And so back in the day. No doubt. And something a lot of people don't know that is really cool about tarpon is they actually migrate. Yes. Um so what what does that look like? What does their season kind of look like? So basically best way to put it, most people go down in March, um, which is around turkey season. That's right. Some people are tarpon fishers, some people are turkey hunters. Um but they start off down in the Keys um, and pretty much work their way up. They kind of split. So some go up the East Coast and some go uh, in the Gulf of Mexico at the Panhandle. That's right. Um, and then, I mean, they basically work their way up all the way through to th- um, through September. And like September and uh, the Gulf Coast are usually around Mississippi, Louisiana area. And then they're up in North Carolina and on the East Coast. Yeah. That's cool. So... Obviously, you when you're in Florida, and I guess in most of Georgia, t- no. When you're in Florida, you're fishing the Gulf. Mm-hmm. And when you're in Georgia and South Carolina, you're in the Atlantic? Yes. Is that correct? Um, which has been your favorite to fish in? Or or maybe just say... They're different. They're very different. Very. Different places, too. Both Dirty water beachy. and clear water. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we fish for them completely different. Um, so, like in... My favorite way to fish for them, honestly, is probably in Georgia on the East Coast. And when we get in big sounds, and basically they're just uh, uh, different tides, they roll on the top of the water. And we'll take basically artificials um, or flies. And, I mean, you just pretty much cast it on their head and then just strip it right over them hard. Um, and then, I mean, they hammer it. Yeah. And But then, like, in you're not – that's, that's the only time in South Carolina and the East Coast and that dirty water that you can sight fish for them. Sure. So, like, in Florida, you can sight fish for them, and all you're doing is sight fishing for them. Because it's clear. It's clear water. Um, which, for fly fish, if I'm fly fishing for them. That's what I also want to say, too. be in Florida. So, you're fishing, you know, 150-pound fish. I have no experience <laughs> in fly fishing. Maggie... You fly fished a little bit with with Macy. Yeah, I told Jack I wanted to go mm-hmm. back. I loved it. I didn't realize that you were fly fishing for tarpon. We were in the parking lot, and I was like, Jack, I love to fly fish. We all need to go. And you were like, Yeah, I do it all the time. I didn't yeah. realize that was for tarpon. Yeah, and can Holy you imagine smokes. like you were catching you know little brook trout that mm-hmm. I mean weigh less than a pound. Right. Jack's out here fly fishing for over a hundred pound fish that are flying through the air. <laughs> no yeah. way. That's so I mean, they crazy. They put on a fight yeah i mean getting your i mean the whole point is to catch one and jump it sure i mean you're really like to get your hands on one is really special and fighting that fish um but i mean 
once they start jumping, they put such a beating on themselves that yeah. it's better to just let, let them go. break off. Yeah. Um, and they're they're not hard to break off. The with the, their mouth is so hard and hooks don't stick in there very good. But it, I mean, it is wild. Yeah. See, that's that's super cool. So like. Turkey hunters and tarpon fishers. Oh, they're they're, they're the like. same people. Very a lot. The exact same know. people. Very conservationist, I guess, mm-hmm. is the correct word. So, mm-hmm. Very cool. No, they're, they're the exact same people. And that is, I mean, that's the only thing you can really compare it to. Because, I mean, you're not going out and killing 20 turkeys no. a year. I mean, kudos to you if you are. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> but like um, I mean, tarpon, you're you're chasing that bite and that jump um and it is hard and they are stubborn i mean i had one and down in florida i casted my fly like he was coming down this lane on the sandbar basically just swimming or whatever and then kind of was slowing down stopping like probably 20 yards from the boat throw my fly right a little bit to the right up put it right over his face he opened his mouth and like wouldn't eat it like he just basically he just spit the hook. Yeah. Like I mean he like for like he had his mouth open like wanting to eat it for I mean it felt like forever. Yeah. And I mean I was jumping on the bow of the boat on the casting platform and like just trying, trying to, make, to move. make him just close his mouth. Yeah. So he could take off with it. Never did it. I mean That's they like wild. they will look at your fly and just go the other way. That's crazy. That's insane. Wow. It's tough. But it's I mean it's fun. Um and I mean once you catch that first one, you're hooked. You're hooked. Yeah. That's incredible. Just like killing your first turkey and hearing that gobble. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. I I understand. We were showing Jack my Build-A-Bear. I have a -A (laughs) Build-A-Bear of a wild turkey in my living room. And Mm -hmm. if you press it, it's got a little gobble. That way I can hear him gobble every day of the year. (laughs) It's funny. I guess it was end of June, which would have been, you know, about three weeks after turkey season finally ended. And Maggie texts me one day and she's like, you know, any turkey farms around here, I, I'd just like to go listen to one gobble. I just want to hear one gobble. I mean, heck, to be fair, I it's was... It's good for the soul. It is good for the soul. I texted the lady at the NWTF about two weeks ago asking her yeah, how tell, I... Yeah, tell them about, tell, yeah, tell them about <laughs> that tell project. Tell about your new project that you're... Maggie, for everybody that doesn't know, is all in or all out. When she's, when she's interested in something, she's giving her full force effort. She don't know how to go halfway into anything she's all the way in so we tell them kind of how that transpired and uh your your new idea well my parents have like 40 acres of hardwoods in north arkansas and it's in the part of north arkansas where we are on the ridge but we're on the right edge of the ridge um so curly's ridge if you're familiar it's the only range of hills in the delta and that is the only true wild turkey population in the delta and they are few and far between they are very heavily hunted um there's not much predator control and it, the wild turkey population is just really struggling to flourish in this area i never grew up in a place where i could go outside and hear turkey gobble in the spring so if i'm turkey hunting look for water look for a ridge you know hardwoods and a field and if you can find all of those together there's probably a turkey there. And I was looking at this piece of property that my parents have, and I'll be darned. <laughs> All of them together. You got a creek. You got a ridge. <laughs> yeah. turkeys gobble over and hear themselves and a field for them to go feed and hang out and show off in. So by the end of the day, I put it together. I was like, all right, this is where I'm going to plant my food plot. And I was online. I'm trying to find some eastern wild turkeys for sale. I need a breeding <laughs> pair. So if you're listening to this podcast and you know where I can find some wild turkeys to buy, name a price. 
<laughs> we were riding out there. We were doing some work at uh, her parents are building a new house, and we were helping them out paint and do some stuff to, before duck season started up. And uh, she's like, uh, "You think I could do a burn out here?" And I was like, uh, "I mean." Your woods are pretty open. Like that, you have, you have beautiful hardwoods. It's never been touched. Like, it's yeah. never been cut. Nothing. No select cut. Nothing. I was like, you really don't need a burn. She goes, ah, I think we're gonna burn. And I was like, you I, just want to burn something. I down. just want to control and burn. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I mean, we can probably, you know, we can figure it out. She goes, well, what else? You know, we help turkeys. I was like, the biggest thing is gonna be predators. And she goes, hmm. About the time she goes, well, look at here, tractor supplies got got some. Uh, coon traps i'm like no that's not what you need i was like we got to get like foot traps to get them in yeah. she's like i know just the person to call i'll call trapper dan and i'm like trapper dan? trapper dan i'm thinking maybe like somebody on social media that she could hit up who who is trapper dan trapper dan just a boy i went to high school with he trapped so much stuff in school we just all called him trapper dan he was really good at it I'm still trying to get a hold of Trapper Dan, but I think he works for the cable company, so I'm probably gonna go to his work one day and just see if I can get his business card. You hit up, you hit up Trapper Dan. Talked about burning. Looked where you could buy turkeys and hit up the, the NWTF <laughs> in a matter of thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. You're on top of it. I, listen, I will have a flourishing turkey population. Give me ten years. Give me ten years, and y'all gonna be like, "Those are Maggie's turkeys." I swear, we'll hunt them one day. That would be really, really cool. There, that would be awesome. I have um, been blessed enough to be successful in Arkansas turkey hunting, um, but uh, let me tell you, it's there's not many here, and I say not many. I heard three one morning, and I about freaked out. I was like, <laughs> "This place is loaded!" <laughs> like, yeah. and that's crazy because where I grew up, um, I could, you know, we grew up outside of. I grew up near Panama City Beach, Florida, but I was out in the country i guess you'd say and i could walk off my front porch every morning mm-hmm. and if i out hoot loud enough i'm gonna have one gobble you know I, and same for you with y'all's yeah. farms buds up to your property right yeah yeah um so no, i mean you can walk outside of our cabin you're gonna hear them. and i mean across like so we have a pond well, i mean you'll hear them up on the ridge above the pond down to the right in the bottom, back yeah. to the left by our cousin's they're place. There. Oh, they're there. <laughs> I, I wish I could relate to that. My, my first turkey hunt ever, I was probably, I was 16 because I was one of the only few of the hunters involved that could drive. So I had to pick up several of the boys on my way. One of the hunters, <laughs> plural. Uh, oh, yeah. We're duck hunters, Jack. Okay. Uh-huh. So actually, one of them was Trapper Dan. <laughs> Trapper Dan was there. Um, He was a kid named Evan, and his... Meemaw had a Christmas tree farm, and apparently his papaw said that he saw a turkey out there. Singular. Papaw saw a turkey. So we were like, yeah, let's go turkey hunting. So I'm telling you, we all get our slates. We get our box calls. None of us really know how to run any of them, but we all bring a decoy. And being the duck hunting children that we were, we sat up in a little semicircle, we're eating our snacks, and we all just made our little spread. We had like six decoys out, and we all <laughs> called simultaneously like we would at ducks. <laughs> so, uh, that's such an Arkansas <laughs> thing. <laughs> if I would have been able to grow up Call, and, calling after each other, yeah, just yeah. hitting each other's licks, yeah. hitting each other's, that's a fact. We were, start feeding. <laughs> <laughs> So, if, if I would have been able to hear one gobble at my back porch, it probably would have been a different story. But, no. We were going off the lead of someone's papaw's hot turkey. So. That's awesome. Well, 
I really appreciate y'all, Maggie, having me, you know, at camp to hunt for a little bit. Um, of course, I have a duck camp, too, so I've kind of been in and out. And thankful for Jack coming down here. And yeah, I hate that it's been, you know, the worst I can imagine, like the worst I can possibly <laughs> imagine it to be, it has been. Uh, we actually ended on good terms today. We put the boat in because we were going to go take some pictures. And... Mm. My, I don't know what's going on, but I got to work on my motor before December 2nd. So that was just another good note. But anyways, it's been a rough nine days. We have had some good times. Um, and I appreciate y'all having me and sticking it out and hopefully it gets better. Yeah. I mean, I thank y'all for having me up here and, I mean, hosting me and uh, letting me hunt with y'all. Absolutely. You can always come. The ducks might not be here, but we will be. So. Oh, we'll have a good time either way. We will do that. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, that hey, that one group that did it open in morning. It was a good one. It was a good one. Open in morning, first of all. I just want to bring this up before <laughs> we close this podcast. It is me, Trip, and Jack in a boat. Three of us. And I have never seen Jack's eyes wider. <laughs> we are racing in, first of all. With no lights. <laughs> yeah, no lights. Trip's light bar went out. He should have had a serious light bar, but he didn't. So... Anyway, we'll call NBC Customs once we get off the podcast. But his light bar went out, and I had a headlamp on, thank goodness. And that was our navigation. We were second to the hole, by the way. And our first to the hole was one of our guys. So, Oh, yeah. I mean, we weren't far behind him. I mean, we did great. Y'all had a, uh, y'all had a, y'all had a safe driver with y'all. A great driver. It was a yeah. great run <laughs> in. You did. I couldn't <laughs> see a thing. I was literally following... <laughs> his lights like kind of i can kind of see shadows and maggie had a headlamp on i'm like just look forward like just look forward and uh i i didn't know jack had hunted some public in arkansas before but i didn't know like the extent of that and so when we got to the hole i was like just checking on you you all right and he's like that was awesome i love it i was like great we're good to go then i, I had like, a great time <laughs> there was a pretty big log in this run and we had known it was going to be there we didn't know how severe it was going to be but I was scared to get my camera out to film, but I wish I would have because it was such a cool run. But Trip goes, hold on. And I could just see Jack's eyes get so wide. And then the boat in front of us actually hit a tree. It well, wasn't, I had my camera, too. You had your camera in your yeah. hand. It was, man, it was an adventure for sure. It was super fun. But, yeah, um, if if you get the time, go look at Jack's stuff and, you know, kind of – Learn his story. Watch some of the old Mossy Oak classic stuff because his family is a lot of part of that. And read some of the articles on it. Um, it's just really, really cool. Um, and I appreciate you, Jack, and your friendship. I'm glad I could kind of introduce you and Maggie to each other. Um, I think it's every, we're, we're very in common, you know. Um, we believe bottomland, love turkeys, and just love hunting. So it's, mm-hmm. it's been really fun. I knew it would be a good time companions instant old friends but uh thank you so much jack and tell all my listeners where we can find you so my instagram is jack call it underscore underscore i mean that's pretty much it i pretty much just do instagram so you can find him on instagram or at mississippi state oh yeah you can't find me there hill state i'm not there much but (laughs) (laughs) mainly mainly in the woods you can actually find him in in arkansas with us yeah for the next 60 days i'll be up here yeah, we'll be in Biomita on the blue line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, write right. that down, folks. I'll see y'all at Biomita. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Bye, boys. We'll catch y'all on the next one. See ya.
And don't forget, guys, that the Maggie Williams Podcast has officially launched merch. The link is in the podcast description below. It's also in the link tree in my Instagram and TikTok bios. So you can shop my merch at www.themaggiewilliamspodcastshop.com. That's www.themaggiewilliamspodcastshop.com. Thank you all so much. It's a huge blessing to be in this position, and I give all the glory to God. I'll see y'all same time next week.